1: Can you guys believe that it's June? The weather will not let us know that we're in June. But uh, yes, we're in June and we're in Vision Builders Month. So gentlemen, listen carefully. Gentlemen, we're halfway to Christmas. You're welcome, you're welcome. So you can start getting that list now, like it looks like Rachel's already given Mike the list. If you were here, if you were here uh, like the beginning of the year, we heard a story. We, we, we heard a story about, about Christmas gifts. So, so we got to have a plan, right? We got to have a plan. We got to have a plan. But you know, here, we've been given the plan for life, right? Like if you want to uh, live a, a victorious life, a, a meaningful life, then it's, it's right here. God's given us the plan in 66 books. And if you want better love and relationships, it's, it's in here. Every bit of it is in here. If you want uh, a better, better, more meaningful work, it's in here. If you want better health and fitness and vitality, it's in here. And of course, if you want more money and more finance and more affluence and more generosity, there, there's nowhere better than right in here. And take it from somebody that spent hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars over 25 plus years in personal development and in personal coaching and business coaching and financial coaching. And what I've noticed is people that can get what's out of here, see it clearly and tell it plainly, that's the successful people in life. So let's see what God has to tell us out of our book of our plan this morning. So title of the message. Vision worth building. We're in our vision builders month. So let's look at a vision worth building. So if we jump over to to Luke 14, and we're going to start in 28 here. So verse 28. For which one of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost? See if he has enough to finish it. Lest after he's laid the foundation, he's not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man is built and wasn't able to finish. So, of course, he's talking about the cost of discipleship here. Right. Yeah. Oh, look at the media team. They're so yeah. epic. Um, so he's talking about the cost of discipleship here, right? But he's saying, hey, you guys, you need to have a plan. You got to know that the end from, from the beginning. And he's also speaking to himself. He's, he's prophesying. He's saying, I've calculated the cost of what I'm going to do for all of you. And I know the end and I'm going to finish it no matter what. And so he's given us a plan. So if, if we're going to look at that that plan in our life, then let's jump over to the book of Acts chapter nine. And let's jump down to, to verse 10. And I, and I love the book of Acts. I've been studying it lately. And this what what we see happen here in in book of acts chapter nine is a formula for a vision worth building so you'll see there's we're going to talk about ananias here now in the book of acts there's three men named ananias kind of confusing but there's three guys there's two bad ones and then there's a good one the first one the bad one him and his wife sapphira they lied to god and god pulled out an old testament trick and just struck them dead like, what was the guy's name? Uh, Yusa, Yusa or whatever, the guy that touched the Ark, gets zapped dead. So he pulled an Old Testament, you know, and, and so the first Ananias, is, he's, he's out. The third Ananias, he's, he's like a, the, the chief priest, and he was a bad, not a, not a good dude. So, and then we've got in the middle, we've got Ananias, the disciple, they call him. Okay, because the first one was a man named Ananias, and then we've got the chief priest Ananias, and now we've got the disciple Ananias. So let's see what God has to say about the disciple, Ananias. So we'll jump down to verse 10. Now, there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him, the Lord had said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, here I am, Lord. And so the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. And behold, he's praying. And in a vision... He has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. And then Ananias whined and complained. And I mean, no, Ananias answered, Lord, I found many. Okay, I can't read it because I don't want to hear about complaining. So we'll jump down to verse 15. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I'll show him how many things he must suffer. And Ananias went. Obedience. He went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road came, and he has sent me. That you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, not later, I love immediate. Don't you guys love immediate prayers? Thank God I'll take some of the immediate prayers. And then something fell from his, something like scales fell from his eyes and he received his sight at once, immediacy. And then he arose and was baptized. Oh, God, that's a good piece of scripture right there. So Father God, thank you. Jesus, thank you for your presence this morning. Thank you that you're gonna reveal through your word a vision worth building. And you're gonna reveal to us the formula for our lives and what we can apply so that we can not just have time with you and pray with you, that we can receive your vision, that we can receive the mission and the calling for our lives and that we can be obedient and go and be a vessel for you. Thank you that this word will pierce the hearts of everyone today, that it will change them permanently, that they will see you a new way in a fresh light. Jesus, I pray this in your holy, majestic name, amen. So, Ananias, we've got Ananias here, and he's praying. And we've got Saul that's praying. So we have one that's a disciple who's praying to Jesus, and then we have the other one that's like the opposite of a disciple, right? And he's praying to God. But, of course, Jesus is at the right hand of God, and he's sitting there listening to all of it. And so he's going to send out and and send a vision. So if we want to have a vision worth building, step one prayer and communion, right? We got to have time with the Lord, our time and attention, the true currency of life. So if we're in prayer and communion, and you know, the beginning of the year, I think it was January 1st, I had the opportunity to do a communion message here. And I don't think I'd ever done one before. So I was like, God, what do you want me to say about communion? And I saw this, this revelation. Do we have, yeah, it's on there. So I had this revelation where communion, of course, is being together with the Lord, right? But I saw the word communion split into three words. It was ion, And commune means together with. And ion, at the end of a word, a suffix on a word means, means uh, action, the state of action. It makes it a verb, right? right. Yeah. But as a doctor, you know, I have an undergraduate degree in cellular biology. I have a doctorate degree in chiropractic. And I have a postgraduate degree in pediatrics. So a lot of science. Yeah. And so in science, an ion is a molecule that has a charge. It has a positive and negative charge charge has polarity. And in that, that revelation that God gave me, I saw ion and I went, that's power. Yeah. Because if you have polarity, you have positive and negative. Well, we sing the songs, you know, Jesus, your name is power. You're the name above all names. Come on, we were just singing some of that. Or Was that just karaoke? No. So the ion, see, Jesus is power. He's polarity. He is God, the positive, and man, the negative. And that positive and negative creates polarity and power. That's why his name is power. That's why he is power. That's why his existence is polarity. So when I see the word ion, knowing from a scientific standpoint that it's power, I just see Jesus. So that word ion now means together with Jesus. So step one, prayer and communion. Communion is a time with Jesus. And when we have time with Jesus, our soul bonds to him. It's like it welds together. Yes? And so if we have time, then now as we see here with Ananias and with Saul, if we're in prayer, which it says both of them were in prayer, right? And they received a step two, vision. Now, again, when you see the word, the suffix, ion, you're going to see something different now. This is going to change the way you look at many words when we're thinking of our spiritual life because we receive the vision from Jesus and the word literally means vis Ion," see Jesus. Not wild. So now we receive the vision and what's so interesting in this particular, in Acts chapter nine, is Jesus is telling Ananias, hey, I want you to go down the street called straight and go and see this guy. I've already told him to expect a man named Ananias that's going to come and lay his hands on him. So all all he has to do is just show up. He doesn't have to do anything. He just has to show up. But see, as we spend more time in the prayer and communion, then that vision starts to clarify. And when he's ready, he's going to say, arise and go. Go. Now, when we arise and go, that's step three. That's our mission. So the mission, as Christians, we have a a corporate mission, right? The corporate mission or a co-mission. So the co-mission, where did that go? Got it over here. Somebody help me out. I didn't bring any notes today. I'm I'm just flipping through the Bible. No no, I'll explain that in a minute. <laughs> we get that great commission where he says, hey guys, can you put it up for me immediately? No, go over to, um, what is that, Matthew? Yeah, yeah go in all the world. Can we get that one? Yeah, go therefore. See, there's the go. Go therefore. But first he says, all authority had been given to me in heaven and earth. The overarching authority. And then there's the mission. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded. And lo, I am with you always. 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 He'll never forsake you. He'll never leave you. He'll never abandon you. But when he sends us on a mission to be sent out, there's a separation that happens. Now, if we spend enough time in prayer and communion, our soul wants to be close to Jesus. But when you get sent out, there's a separation. It's like two magnets. You separate those magnets, but there's a draw and a pull that wants to bring them back together. But see, he never leaves us, so he's always there with us. He's close enough to keep that, that pull. And that's why when you're on a mission, the, thing, the circumstances around our lives start to disappear, and we're just driving towards completing that mission. Why? Because we're trying to get back to Jesus. This is why people with no mission, they don't like working. Guys with a mission, they don't ever stop working. They're up at four, coming to prayer, six years straight. And and this isn't about me, but I'm just saying, it's the work that God's done in my life, it's like all I want to do is get closer to him. It's just so when we get sent out on that mission, there it creates that, that separation. And that separation creates a tension. Well, there's that ion again, the tense ion. The pull towards Jesus. And once you see, I'll give an example, a personal example. Tell a story. Matt, you want to Dr. Matt, you want a story. I don't know, three months ago or, or something, you know, I get a I get a text from Pastor Kayla. Hey, we want you to preach on. Wednesday night. I'm like, nope. (laughs) Nope. Hard pass. Nope. So here I am, Ananias. Oh, I got to work. Oh, to get here from Vista, I'll be late. I can't get here. It's too far. The eight-minute drive is too far. (laughs) I make all these excuses. And as sweet as she is, she goes, okay. And then I'm thinking, got out of that. Got out of that. Well, then a couple weeks later, gosh, she's so sweet. She goes, hey, is there any way maybe possibly you could preach on a Wednesday? And I'm like, Lord, okay. <laughs> See, because the, the, the back story is in, in my personal life, in the, my prayer and communion, God's given me a vision and a mission. And I've dragged my feet for years, and I've kicked and stomped and avoided and done all kinds of things to avoid the calling because I'm uncomfortable. I know, my friend. Because like I said earlier, I'd rather be back in the production team, like pushing buttons and making people look good. This is not my happy place up here. But when you got to do it, you got to do it. So... <laughs> But the interesting thing is I said yes. So, you know, and if you're like me and you're around here long enough, Dr. Matt always says, always be ready. Yeah. So over these years of me kicking and screaming, I've, I had written some things down like, oh, if I ever get called to do something, I better be ready. So I would write these like mini messages or whatever. So when I actually said yes, it was like, okay, God, which, which one am I going to do? I'm out looking at all my notes and I'm looking at my stuff and I'm going, which one? And he's like, none. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, what do, you, what do you want me to do? Show up. Yeah. Ah, and See, this is why I love this Acts chapter nine because here you have Ananias, just show up, dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like you just show up with your hands yeah. Yeah. And, and I'll take care of the rest. You just walk over there and do that. And so I go, okay. So I don't get to use one of those messages. He goes, no, you don't get to use any notes, nothing. Just show up. I'm like, that's not fair. It's my first time. But he's, I heard him say, I need you to rely on me completely, 100%. And so I did. And when I did, and when I took the microphone and I stood up on that Wednesday night a couple months ago, something like scales fell off of my eyes. And it broke, it broke the grip of fear of, of, of the fear of embarrassment, the fear of not being good enough, the fear of, of just all these stupid lies, right? Like, oh, what do I have to share with anybody? Like, what, what, who am I? And all of that broke that day. And I don't even think I ever told you that. It was just, it was my obedience just to say yes and to come up and grab a microphone and just say, here's what the Lord is telling me to tell you. And it changed me permanently. It changed me permanently. So the mission, when he sends you out, it creates that tension. Like, oh gosh, now I said yes. And now I've got to do something. And he's like, well, just show up. And I'm doing it again today. It's like, here's my notes, the Bible. Okay? Just show up. Creates the tension, the tense ion, the pull towards Jesus. And when I gave in and I said yes, I stepped in tension. And now I had an intention or a directionality, an intent ion going towards Jesus. And the intention gave me a direction, a direct ion. It aimed me towards Jesus. And then when it aims me towards Jesus, then you start to get an acceleration, an accelerate ion, speed towards Jesus. And when the speed towards Jesus, now you start having circumstances and things that get sucked into your life. Yeah. And that's the fun part is the acceleration because we all want the immediate we want the now immediately it fell off his eyes so we get that accelerate eye on the speed in which we're returning to jesus and again that's why you see people on a mission that are just getting stuff done gsd they get stuff done because they're pulling in an accelerated speed towards jesus And you know that it ends up, you know that it's a God thing because, give me a second. I had another scripture I wanted to share. No, I'll leave that one for later. You know it ends up being Jesus because you start with Jesus in the communion, right? Together with Jesus. It's just you and him in in your prayer in your time together. And then he sends you out on that Gives you a a vision first, and then he sends you out on the mission. And then you end up at step four in dominion. Now, dominion, if you look up dominion in the dictionary, it's sovereign authority. It's complete authority. The name above all names. But here's that ion again. So, dominus, ion. Dominus means lord. Lord Jesus. So you know it's God when you start with Jesus and together with Jesus and you end up in the Lord Jesus. But see, when I stood up and, I did, the, and I, I did the thing, I received the dominion in that area of my life. It broke something off of me. So now I can stand on fear and put my heel on its neck because of that. It's interesting because we live in this thing called the universe, right? The universe is everything in existence. I can always hear Pastor Jurgen when I hear this. Because he goes, the universe. (laughs) Like we're gonna we're gonna submit our request to the universe. (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's a good impression. (laughs) Well, it's almost 18 years I listen to Pastor Jurgen. It's like you get pretty good at listening to his characters. Oh, he's so good. What an incredible pastor. I th- I love and appreciate Pastor Jurgen so much. I thank him every day that he came from Australia here to plant a church in the city that I love, the city, the town that I'm born and raised in. I grew up just right down the street from here in Levenheim. You know, and and there's a chiropractic connection here with all of that, but you know, that Dr. Matt meets Pastor Jurgen and then, you know, the short story is, we went go-kart racing. Dr. Matt and I, when we first started our practices, we used to go go go-kart racing all the time. And and over in Carlsbad at K1, he goes, hey, there's this brand new place that just opened up. Come, let's go race some go-karts. So I go, okay. So I show up and it's like the original crew. It's like the church is literally three months old. And there's like 10 or 12 guys. It's like the first men's night, right? And there's like 10, 12 guys there. And so we're getting ready to go race. Dr. Matt shows up early. He's like practicing and everything. yeah, yeah. Yeah. then they call our names to go, hey, you know, Hubbard party, let's go, you're coming up. And then Pastor Juergen goes, hey guys, come on over. Let's let's pray before we go out. And I'm like, pray? (laughs) Like, where am I? I didn't grow up saved. I'd never been to church before. Maybe like once or twice on Christmas Eve or something like that. But I went home that night and I realized that's not who I thought Christians were. And I went, gosh, I I would love to hang out with these guys. These are good people. If I have anything, it's I have a gauge on people, like character. And so that Sunday I went and I gave my life, gave my life to the Lord that Sunday. So So thank you, Dr. Matt. So the interesting thing about dominion, when we start with Jesus and the communion, And we end with the dominion, the dominus ion. If we go back to Genesis chapter 1, I think it's verse 28, right? God had just created everything. I started to talk about the universe. I was going to say, the universe means one sentence, universe. That one sentence, and God said, and he creates. So everything in existence came through the mouth of God, came through his creation, the universe verse. You talk to atheists, they just the shock collar starts going off. They just, they can't. And so when we're looking at words, it's like, so I say that to say (laughs) everything has God's signature on it if we look for it. Everything does. And so these words, they start opening up and you start realizing so God creates the heaven and the earth. He creates the universe, creates everything. And then where is verse 28? And then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. In other words, you human beings, you have dominion over everything on earth. Genesis chapter 1. Well, Genesis chapter 3, everything gets jacked up. Sorry if your name's jacked. It gets messed up. So, and we lose that dominion over everything. And now what happens is sin or the fall now has dominion over us. Thank God, the father, that he sent his son, Jesus, because he sends his son to be born as a man, to live an entire life according to the perfect law, sinless. And then he's to hang on a cross for our sin so that his blood can wash away the sin of all humanity, past, present, and future, so that we can reestablish the connection with Father and we can have eternity in heaven with him and our friends. So he does that and then we get over to Romans. If we get to Romans 6.14, For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you're not under law, but under grace. The only way to be under grace is to be under Jesus. You get a payment option here. You get an eternal payment option, long long term. Or you can have a prepayment option prepayment option is Jesus has already paid for it. So you get your choice. I suggest the prepayment option. But it's so beautiful that in dominion, we had it all at once. It was stripped from us through a lie. Did God really say? And then it's restored through Jesus, but we gotta have Jesus to have the grace. And the Bible makes it so easy, it's so easy. It says, those that look upon the Son of Man and believe, he will have everlasting life. And we wanna complicate things as humans, you know, but all we have to do is in in our mind, in our heart, in our soul, we have to believe. We have to believe that God sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sin, he rose again, he's sitting at the right hand of God. And all we have to do is go, I I believe that how else can we have all these words that string together to make this thing that we just like I'm not smart enough to do this you guys to be able to find six or seven scriptures to string this thing together I'm not smart enough to do that that has to come through the Holy Spirit of Jesus to show me those things and that just reaffirms to me how real all of this is you see So, if everybody close their eyes for a moment. If you made that decision today, this morning, or you've recommitted that, where you said, I believe. Jesus, I, I, I believe that you're the son of God and you died for my sin. See, and Jesus is sitting in heaven right now and he's got a book in his lap. And in his right hand, he's got a pen that's got permanent ink in it. And he's leaned in and he's listening right now to you. And when you say, I believe, he's writing your name in that book of life in permanent ink. And once you do that, nobody can ever erase it. It's done, you made it, congratulations. But because we're in church and I want to pray for you, I'm going to ask that if you did that for the first time or you're recommitting, would you slip your hand up so that I can pray for you? Because I want to, I want to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. I see you up there. Thank you. Thank you. Can't wait to pray for you. See, the first time I did this, I didn't raise my hand because raising your hand doesn't get you to heaven. It's that decision that you just made. But I love it because Jesus is writing your name in that book right now. So good. Thank you. I see you guys up there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is there any else? Anyone else? Beautiful. So let's repeat this together. And then I'm gonna pray for another group after this. then we're going to invite the ministry team to come up and and release some some mission and vision on you guys. So if you said, in fact, church all together, let's repeat this. Father God, God. thank you that you sent your son Jesus on a rescue mission for my soul. Jesus, thank you that you died on the cross and rose again sitting at the right hand of God so I can spend eternity with you in heaven. Amen. All right, it's so good. Now there's another group I wanna pray for this morning. If you're listening to this this morning and you realize you don't have a vision, you don't have a, a mission, at least a mission from, from God, from Jesus, a gift and a calling. Romans 11:29 29 says, for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. It means he has one for you. And just like that permanent pen, nothing can take that away. No man, no woman, no government, no ex, no financial thing. Nothing can take that calling away from you. But if you're here this morning and you don't know what that is, okay? Because we have a corporate mission. We all know as Christians, we're gonna make disciples but each of us have an individual mission too. So if you don't have that, you're not sure about that, would you raise your hand so I can pray with you? Yeah, look at that. Raise them up high so I can see. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. Ah, we got some work to do, Tim. All right, so let's have everybody stand up. I wanna pray for everybody there. This is called an impartation. See, God, if I don't have something, I can't give it. And for somebody that is like me, that's been broken by Jesus in many different ways, it's like he says, breaking bread, he'll break a piece of bread to give it away. So until he breaks something in your life, there's nothing to give. So those of you that are going through hardship and trials, rejoice, be excited about that. Because he's breaking a piece off of you so that you have something to give to somebody else. And the impartation is much like a candle. It's like you touch a candle and you can hand it to somebody else, but that original candle that loses, loses nothing. So I don't lose anything by giving stuff away. You see? The more you give it away, give it away, give it away. The more it comes back. You cannot give the giver. So for each of you that are after that mission, just raise your hands up and just open your heart. Jesus, thank you that your word says, those of us that pray, receive a vision. Joel chapter 228, I'll pour out my spirit on all men. They will prophesy, they will dream dreams, young men will see visions. Thank you that you deliver your mission and your vision to your people. Thank you that as they're praying right now, as they're experiencing you right now, Jesus, that you would continue and begin speaking to and through them. And Jesus, I'm asking something bold today. I'm asking that you would deliver a vision and a mission for these men and women's lives within the next 17 days. 17 is the number of complete victory. And Jesus, I would love for them to experience the same complete victory that I've experienced and that I can give a piece of that away to them right now. And I lose nothing by that and they gain everything. Jesus, thank you that your spirit falls and descends on your people right now that you saturate every cell in their body, that your Holy Spirit dwells in them, fills them, speaks to them, shows them visions, gives them dreams. Thank you, Jesus.
0: I pray this in your mighty, majestic name, amen. Wow.